This is Country in the UK, your country music podcast, 4,000 miles from Nashville. And we are back after the C2C weekend at the O2. We've survived. We've come out on the other side. Jamie's still got a beer in his hand, though. Have still got a beer in my hand. Had two days off. Well, three slash two, because I was still out late on Sunday. So uh, kind of into Monday morning, but Tuesday and Wednesday, fully, um, fully uh, on the H2O, much needed on the H2O, must I add, being back at work. But yeah, this is episode seven of season two. Um, So that's good. We're kind of in there with the numbers. We started with doing it for episode seven in season one, where we had Darren Anderson and who was your Fulham player? Oh, did we have two? Oh, I can't remember. Oh, put, putting you on the spot. You have. I thought you just had Darren Anderson. I thought we had both. I think we had two for the first one. I thought we I made a big song deal about it because it was a really cool thing to do. So while Ian works out, if you have stumbled across it, because we're obviously going to be talking very heavily about the festival we attended over last weekend, um, this is our Country in UK Pod in Nonsense podcast, which is basically a wannabe sports show that masquerades talking about country music very very loosely um and for some magical reason we've managed to we must be approaching like 40 50 overall we're getting there we are getting there there's no doubt about that but so obviously our sports personality for episode seven it's a good one it's a very good I one. I pulled this one out of the bag. We always have a quick debate beforehand as to who gets to choose it. Obviously, fortunately for me, there was no there was no Dallas player, so I kind of get away with it. So, uh, obviously, if you are familiar with the coffee chain, Tim Hortons. Okay, so Tim Hortons was started by a former Toronto Maple Leafs ice hockey player by the name of Tim Horton, who wore number seven. So... Jamie is very familiar with Tim Hortons because I regularly, when we leave Buckle and Boots up in Manchester at 11 o'clock on a Sunday night to drive home, I'm like, right, we just need a quick detour. I need some donuts. I've I've been frequenting the one at Derby quite a lot when I go up to my friends in Nottingham because there's a new one at Derby, which is right by Costco. So, yeah, Tim Hortons, we need more down south. We're starting to get them in London, but, yeah, honour to the original Tim for episode seven of season two. That's a class one, because like the only other idea I had was thinking about doing Len Goodman off of Strictly, because whenever he was scoring, we'd, we'd do seven. It was the whole, like, seven! <laughs> and, like, Trayvon Diggs, who's an absolute dog, with Cowboys, though, um, cornerback. But, yeah, Tim Horton can't top that at all. So that's a great way to lead in, to kind of talk about kind of what happened from Thursday, for mo- Thursday slash Friday for most people. Um, mine sort of started on Tuesday, running here, there and everywhere around London, going to Camden, to High Street Kensington, to Soho, to uh, King's Cross, to St Paul's, and then basically lived at the O2 from Thursday late afternoon, pretty much all the Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday with a cheeky little detour to St Pancras on Sunday morning, which had to take a massive detour, actually, because the trains weren't running properly all the way up from Croydon. But, yeah, so we were at the O2 Arena and very, very well looked after, as was everybody this year, because it was the 10th running, a C2C, uh, 10th anniversary, or 10th anniversary, 
obviously we kind of had a, a little thing that lasted through 2020 2021 that yeah we don't we don't really want to talk about it anymore because we're all sort of done and completely over it but um it was a very very safe event i think safe and kind of secure and kind of a lot of things was one of the key messages you you took from walking into you know getting off at north greenwich and walking down Wait, into the arena getting off at north greenwich oh. what happens when on friday at six o'clock you pull into bermondsey tube station you sit there for a couple of minutes and then they come over and say there has been a signal failure at north greenwich the train can't move any further you need to get off here that was how my c2c weekend started Anyway. I, I did actually I did actually have to take an Uber at one point as well on Sunday night when I was leaving that the tube weren't running. Um that was really great grammar there to sort of be used. The the Jubilee line from North Greenwich Station was not in operation at the time I was leaving the OT on Sunday night. So I had to get an Uber uh, with my friends to London Bridge. Um but yeah, you you had the real fun getting there on Friday night with with that. It was eventful. So for, fortunately, um, there was a couple of other people in the same predicament of that kind of, yeah, six o'clock time. It was obviously a bit of a peak tide to be heading towards there. And um, yeah, so fortunately, a guy tapped me on the shoulder and he overheard me on the phone and said, oh, we're going to the O2, do you want to jump in our Uber? Another guy overheard him kind of off me. So yeah, so four of us were randomly in an Uber for 45 minutes from Bermondsey to the O2. So I eventually nice. got there. Nice. So yeah, so when when you got there, if the tube would like you there, or by Uber or by bus, the first thing you noticed was there was a really big increased security presence. There were a lot of police around, which was really good. They were all very helpful. They were all very, you know, supportive and things. And I, I generally thought security overall were really good with us, to be honest. I, you know, tended to find when we were going in and out of the kind of venues and stuff across the weekend. And I know kind of from things I'd sort of seen on socials that um, Amy Croft and kind of all the team involved at the O2 had worked really, really hard, you know, to make sure it was uh, just a really, you know, safe, fun, accessible, enjoyable event. And they massively achieved that on this 10 front in, which was, you know, really cool to, you know, show that, putting all that effort in worked with the a wristband system when you went into the arena, depending where you were sat, you got a different colour wristband, it was different colours for each other. And they were checking it, that was my first thought, when you got given it, you're like, oh, have I just been given it for the sake of it? But they were, the bit I did quite like is they were genuinely checking. Yeah, because you, you saw as well, it wasn't just the case of there was one red, one white, one blue, and they changed each day. No, there were like basically nine different colour wristbands. So there was three different ones on the first day, three different on the second day, three different on the third day. So, you know, fair play for getting all that in. And it kind of really sort of worked. The new the new scanners they have when you go into the arena as well, amazing, saves so much time. They use kind of smart scanners. So you don't have to like literally unload your kind of life into a tray, push it through. You just sort of walk through. And if they see you've got things you shouldn't, then they'll stop you and kind of search you and things. But um, yeah, that saved a lot of time and the whole I say the whole security process um was really great. The staff there were really helpful. Um, because I know obviously when you get a lot of people in, it might not kind of always be the case, but you know, the measures they sort of brought in, you know, really were effective and really paid off um from that side. Yeah, no, you, definitely felt you got... problems last year, definitely felt they'd taken everything on board. 
and it worked. Simple as that, really. Yeah, so I, I, I went up on Thursday. So I, I went to a lunchtime showcase on Thursday afternoon, uh, which was really, really cool. And then spoke to Madeline Edwards in St. Paul's and then found my way over to the O2 in time for the CMA Songwriter Series, which was great. I was stood up at the balcony upstairs. Uh, really, really cool night with, with Nate Smith, Dalton Dover, uh, Lainey Wilson and Ashley Gawley. And then the three guys that were playing the Introducing Nashville round on the main stage, Kaylee Hammock, Alana Springsteen, and Tyler Braden, who we've just very recently put an interview out online with, which was a really, really cool one. They all got to do a song each. So as always, that's a lot of people's highlights of the festival and really sort of kicks off the event, really. So that was really cool and kind of, you know, it's always great. The Indigo is a purpose-built venue. It's well set for it and, everyone loved it and i think that you know obviously having laney back was a really big thing she played the main stage on friday absolutely killed it as did jordan davis um as did thomas rett and that whole round on the friday night in there with with kaylee and alana and tyler you know worked really well and i think that for me for me this was the fir first year that the round worked and i really liked it in there so ctc in london on the friday starts with the cma uh, introducing nashville where they have three artists that play kind of an acoustic setting like they have done for the last kind of two or three run-ins of the festival uh putting an acoustic round in a big venue and things you're never kind of too sure i now think it really really works a lot and you sort of see that because looking at luke to combs's tour announcement he's going to be kicking off his shows with an acoustic round as well when he comes around to tour at the end of the year so Everything on that Friday kind of, you know, once got getting into the arena kind of worked really, really well. And you you finally managed to get there. I did. So I got there a couple of songs towards the end of Lainey's set, I think it was. So, yeah, when eventually there, it was definitely worth it for a Friday night. It was worth the hour, nearly two-hour journey from Woken that normally takes an hour. So, no, it was totally worth it. Um, and, yeah, I think Thomas Rett, again, obviously – showing why he is that headline act that he is these days kind of thing and it was definitely a way to get the crowd going i think the thing for me is i think i always thought the friday night tended to be the quieter one in the arena it almost like previous years they maybe weren't as the upper tier in particular wasn't as full but you kind of looked around mm. and literally the upper tier was taking full like i remember the days where the upper tier wasn't even open for it really was it those first couple of years yeah so yeah to now have that upper tier completely sold out on the friday night is yeah definitely showing it's going in the right direction which is brilliant as well and it, he, he brought a special guest out as well he did his... bring a special guest out fun fact about this special guest well, give, give me a very fun Nile horror fact if you could fun Nile horror fact is i have i have uh been a golf score person whatever they call them for Nile horan okay elaborate so i was uh working at when i was working at wentworth uh, they had the, uh, they've got the um, BMW open there. So on the Wednesday at Wentworth, they do the celebrity program. So it was him, Paul Scold, and Rory McElroy. And as by luck, and it's just luck who you get sent out with. So yeah, so by luck, I ended up going out with Nahor and Rory and Paul Scholes and basically following them with the big placard doing the scoring for them. That is like as cool a random mix of people. It's so done. bizarre. And then the best bit was, I think my favourite bit of the whole round, though, was on on one of the holes, Kevin Peterson is just doing this back garden, and they were going for a chat. And I'm like, what am I going to do right now? 
So there you go. There's, <laughs> there's your pointless Niall Horan fact. For the That's, that is totally random. So that, that was the arena on Friday night, but kind of before getting you, you didn't get to kind of six. You went there in time on the Friday, but you kind no. of saw more of it on the Saturday. But we had the daytime stages. We talked a lot about that in the last podcast with the way things were. We misinformed you about one of the stages because we were talking about a stage that was immediately on the right hand side as you walked inside the dome. However, there was a point on Friday afternoon um, or Thursday afternoon when I got there and I had to stop as I was walking down from North Greenwich and I'm like, why, why, why is there a stage outside? Now I, on Friday night, I missed it because I was obviously in such a like, I gotta get going, I gotta get going, I gotta get in, I'm running late. I missed it. I was exactly the same on Saturday morning. I was like, was that there last night? Because <laughs> I, like, I don't remember seeing that. So the big entrance stage was moved from inside the inside the arena complex, uh, outside the O2 shop, to pretty much the, the plaza area, kind of as you sort of come out of North Greenwich. Um, bit of a risk the time of the year, considering we had snow in March as well. Kind of really wasn't sure how that was going to go when things were coming, but... We there was always a huge crowd. Before it started, but... There was always a huge crowd there and things. I think yeah. it's really good. If you want to put a pedestal to be an advert for the genre and kind of what's going on there and things, it, it really worked. And, you know, I think if quite a few people were kind of skeptical. It's like, I'm, you know, I'm going to need my gloves. I'm going to need my coat. I'm going to need all this. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it worked. I really, you know, I again, it, there was a lot of things that I sort of thought it's like... I'm not sure, but I, I really did get to like. And that stage being out there, just the way it was attracting the footfall, um, was kind of a really big hit. I, you know, I, I caught a couple of people on there. A lot of, I was saying when I saw people during the days with kind of running around and doing various bits, I didn't kind of see a lot of full sets. I tried to see as much kind of as possible. Like kind of over the weekend, I, I caught a bit of Adam Doliak, who you spoke to. Uh, Chase McDaniel, who's my new best friend, and I spoke to on Wednesday over at, at Big Machine. Um, you know, a couple of other guys and stuff playing there. Saw Jess and the Bandits, Hannah Ellis, who are actually one of the few artists I managed to catch twice during the weekend when they were playing because um, really enjoyed that. And obviously speaking to her when we did before, and caught a bit. Of Remember Monday as well out there. So yeah, it was really cool and a nice mix of you know uk us kind of artists and things playing there so you know apart from the the cold uh, which you can't sort of help definitely worked and having a bar right next to it perfect so big entrance stage massive win the other outdoor area town square love the change to that massively huge fan they put in um the barrel house which where i heard about numerous times before i got to see it from somebody that was very excited about the implementation about how this room looked and it was one of those sort of things it's like this has been hyped up so much and i'm going to walk in and just be massively disappointed but it was a total opposite how they sort of themed that whole room they separated the performance space from the training space which made a big sort of difference to footfall and been able to people been able to buy things, look around the market and things. Yeah, I think more. it must have really helped the vendors, I think, having that. Yeah, that, that was it, that was that was something. That's when you couldn't get in there in previous years. If if the um concert area was full, there was a huge mm. queue outside. And but you look actually, well, no one's buying and things, they were watching the music. So yeah, so for the vendors, it was great. So obviously they had this foot the permanent footfall coming through. 
And then it was obviously down to security outside the barrel house to numbers going in and out of that, which, yeah, worked really well for them. And it was the same, you know, the bars outside kind of thing still. So still bars, there's still food there for people. And yeah, it all worked quite nicely. At the same time, you didn't have the background noise that you kind of had in previous years in the town square of people then buying things or you're getting in the way because someone's trying to buy something. Yeah, it definitely worked because we we spent like we spent quite a lot of time in there on Saturday evening because on Friday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday, um, our buddies up at the Dukes of Highgate, they did like a takeover kind of in there. Um, neither has got up line dancing. You'd be pleased to hear. Um, we caught a bit of Kelly Swindles and Morgan Way, our buddies who were playing in there on the Saturday. Uh, and the whole setting of that room is really cool. I really liked it. And I, you know, I, I sort of got why they were excited about it. The space is a great size. It works really well. And like we've said, just the way it sort of separates the two. Big win, theming massive win. Um, yes, please keep that. Works like a treat. Then coming into the complex with the outside stages, um, we had the only stage I don't like. I've never liked it. I've wrote about it in my review where things come. The saloon upstairs in all bar one had some really, really cool people playing up there. Um, it's I know why they used the space. And when I went in there on Saturday night, 49 Winchester, when they played later on, works amazing. Absolutely perfect. However, when they're doing the kind of the daytime sessions, there are chairs laid out on the floor in front of the stage. It eats into a lot of space. A lot of people kind of camp out there during the day. I'm a big fit. I have a huge thing about chairs at festivals at the best of times. He has um, a big thing about chairs at festivals. I hear it a lot. It's something that I'm, you know, really big on. I don't like it. And in terms of what it does there, that people just, I don't know. They don't give other people space very well in that room and i say we had some really cool sort of people and things playing um luckily you know i caught um kate yothman who i adore is kind of now like my new favorite new artist and like just amazing um pillbox patty and tiger gold up there uh, and yeah it's it's a good space you get a proper you get beer in a glass which is the only stage you get that in um, so that's an upside, but I say I don't like the chairs. It's in space. I'd love them to go away. I know some people like the ability to sit down and it's kind of be a more sort of intimate stage, kind of on that level. But I don't like it, and I think the space could be better used in terms of what it is because it is just a, a stage in an upstairs of a bar up there. Then stage number four is the icon stage which moved back to where it was before because it last year it was in the observatory pub and because the o2 needed its roof repaired or over the shopping center it i i saw um krista and kendra tigley up there uh it was packed for them like we kind of alluded to before and knew it would be um the sound up there actually worked really really well and i thought yeah was i was uh chatting to Dan Davidson before his set on Saturday. And he was like, is it going to be really echoey? But this is like, you know, for him, his first London show, he's like, I'm playing a shopping centre. I'm not quite sure what to expect. Is it going to be echoey? Not too sure. But no, actually, yeah, I thought the sound was quite good. Actually, that that set for one of my favourite moments of the weekend. And it shows what the three stages can do. So there was basically this little kid just there dancing away at the front and... The mum kind of stood stood just behind with two bags of shopping. 
clearly Love no it. idea what was going on, but this kid was absolutely loving it. And that, to me, is obviously, yeah, what the point of these fest free festival stages are. They're actually it's going to bring in a new audience. And, yeah, it was just so cool to see this kid for probably the final 20 minutes of Dan's set dancing away to every single song. And the mum and then the dad kind of, kind of obviously came along too. So, it's yeah, they're there out for their Sunday shop, which is kind of, you know, we'd had this kind of conversation with a few artists beforehand of, this is what could happen. So yeah, it was kind of great to actually see it because I'm sure that is one of the ideas of putting that stage there to bring in new crowd and things, which is quite cool. I think that was the thing you saw with that, the three stages that weren't ticketed. So the, the entrance stage outside the icon and the other stage that had a slight change with the, 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 the wayside, formerly the garden stage, they sort of moved and rotated the stage 90 degrees clockwise to make a better use of the space. Um, I think it was my favourite stage of the six, actually, across the weekend, just for how it sort of worked and the sort of the position of it and things. There was always a really sort of healthy crowd there over at that kind of far side. Uh, and again, you know, a lot of really, really cool um, artists, you know, national-based artists, UK artists with a big following playing on these sort of stages where, you know, getting to be open to a new audience and a new crowd and things and... We we got to speak to a few people as well. I spoke to a lot of people. By you, my standards. Well, yeah, I, I, I went running around crazy during the week, but I, le I left the bus man to do most of the hard work on Saturday, um, kind of talking to a load of artists. Yeah, like we had, we were very fortunate to sit down with kind of the majority of um, artists on Sony's record label. Yeah. On, on Saturday, sort of, uh, just, yeah, uh, where were we? In the Amex Lounge, which was quite nice. So, yeah, we kind of tucked away for a couple of hours. So, yeah, it was quite cool. So, we've got plenty uh, to come up. So, obviously, we've already put on our piece with Tyler Booth. So, that's online already. I also caught up with Pillbox Patty, to Jamie's disappointment, because he wanted that one. But he went and, he went and watched someone. I was like, I'm taking it. Uh, sat down with Willie Jones again, which was awesome. As you know, I lost last got with him back in Berlin in 2020, and it was literally one of the site's final uh interviews. We caught up with Corey Kent, who had also kind of done a spotlight stage set, which was quite cool. Adam Doliak, and we also caught up with George Burge, which you can hear now. Glad to be here. Is it one of those places you think, how on earth could I end up here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I just, my manager kept telling me, he's like, man, you're not going to believe it. He's like, it's so, he's like, it's going to be huge. You're not going to believe it. And I've, I've never played here before, so I was thinking I was going to come play for 10 people. Show up, there's a thousand people waiting for us to walk on stage at 11.30 in the morning. I was, I was that, like, that's, that's, this morning, there was a, good, there was a good crowd outside yeah, this morning. it was crazy. And then it was even <laughs> bigger inside at Wayside afterwards. So um, I just can't believe, you know, the support out here. It's really, really great. And obviously, and true country fans. kind of the thing about this festival is you kind of, you don't just do one set. That yeah. You get to do two. I think you're doing three across the weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it's Play like, again tomorrow. Um, but even, you know, we saw people from the first set come to the second awesome. set and bring friends with them. And it was just, a, you know, you can feel the country fans take ownership of uh, wanting to help break new artists out here. And um, as somebody that puts their heart and soul into their music and, and trying to connect with people and crafting songs that make people feel something, um, to get that attention, to get that look, to get that support and development from the fans out here, it's like nothing I've ever seen before. It's and such an incredible uh, listening experience. And I mean, outside, middle of the day, all this hustle and bustle, 
I mean, you can play a song and you can hear a pin drop. People are interested. They want to. They want to experience it, right? And um, as somebody that puts a lot of time and effort and intention into my lyrics and into making people feel something and, and my craft to get that kind of reception out here is like. It's knocked me on my ass, man. It was so cool. And you've literally yeah. only played for an hour's worth of shows so exactly, far. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's been a really, really good day. Are you suddenly finding yourself, oh, I need to put in some different songs this time. I, I, did, I spot I played, this, people. I need to change I, it up I quickly. An, Quick change. I played a, a couple new songs in the, in the second set, for sure. Yeah, I mix it up a little bit. So how cool is it, they say, when you see those same faces, like, you know, they've got, there's, what, four stages going on yeah. at the minute, and they come in from your set and then they're yeah, timing it to come back again. And, and that was my whole goal coming over here is I wanted to make a footprint. I wanted to connect with people. I wanted to build the foundation um, of something that can be special down the road because I do want to be able to tour this market. It's such a special place. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a home of so many amazing artists and so much amazing music uh, that has influenced us in the US as well. And so like, I want to be a part of that culture. And so this was kind of my maiden voyage and hopefully my opportunity to, to make my footprint out here. Uh, but I, never in my wildest dreams did I think it was going to be like this. So, <laughs> well, sorry, yeah. that, that entrance stage one, it was just, there was people singing along. Crazy. There was people just, you know, nor, and normally on those stages, you, you know, you think, oh, people are going to be talking. They're not really right. watching. That's literally but, yeah. what I expected. I expected 10 watching. people not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you kind uh, of did you kind of have any inkling there maybe some people based on like Spotify streaming or social Spotify media Spotify streaming and then I had a bunch of people reaching out to me on socials. Can't wait to see you tomorrow. Um, but you know, are you a bit like are you lost? I'm not in Nashville. You know that. I, I'm in that weird <laughs> in between in my career where some nights I play arenas and amphitheaters and there's ten thousand people there. I'm opening for somebody, and there's some nights where you go somewhere you've never played before and there's twenty people there and it's like you don't really know what to expect you know this is the the stardom and the and the uh, following and fan base is new for me and um so when you go to new markets you don't really know what to expect especially if you haven't put time in building out that market um and to have that excitement and attention and uh and belief makes me want to double down out here it's like i want to tour out here constantly so is it quite cool to be building new markets at home and already looking at new markets Absolutely. overseas because i think you know so many that come to england they think right Germany, Scotland, head on to Netherlands, yeah. and then even obviously moving on to South Africa and Australia kind Without of Without a doubt, yeah. And I mean, for us, it's like it, it gives us a chance to, to give markets a rest in the US and come, you know, uh, it gives us just a whole, you know, other frontier to come out and tour. And uh, it, it's pretty special. It's, um, and I think that the, the, the listening culture is a little bit different out here in a really good way. Um, like I was talking about, you know, people might take their phones out to take a picture or a little video, but mostly, they are quiet and listening intently and trying to experience the art. And as somebody that's creating art, that is the most gratifying, fulfilling feeling in the world. I think the, yeah. thing, the thing for us over here is like we're so used to having artists on their first visit coming as acoustic. Yeah. That is, you've kind of got to. And then it's when you, you know, when you get to the point you come back with a full band, everyone's like, no, we want an acoustic song. Yeah. There is an acoustic song. Well, I think the acoustic <laughs> thing is cool because it's intimate. It, uh, it gives me a chance, you know, obviously I've played those big rock shows, full band and all that stuff with pyro and smoke and, and, and there's, such a draw to that too with the energy and the sound but being able to sit just you and a guitar the way that i wrote the songs in my living room or on my bed or wherever <laughs> i wrote them and tell the stories behind them and what influenced me and how i created them and have that like intimacy where like the, the fans and i can almost like create a friendship a bond that's cool you know and i and i think that that creates some longevity too and know? there's obviously already some new music this yeah. year yeah you've you, you like started january in a 
hurry, didn't you? There was yeah. it like second week of January or something. It's like ah, and there's music for yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. I wanted to put out a little taster on the new album, and as I was finishing writing it, and I've just finished cutting the songs for that, and we're kind of putting the shine on them with the mix and the mastering right now, and that'll probably come out like late May, early June, and that'll be my first full body of work as an album, as an artist. Um, it's just really my opportunity to you know say hello world. Like this is what I want to sound like. These are the stories I want to tell. This is the brand I want to build. And um, for me to put my life's work into that project and have that kind of be my my um, first step out in the world, like, I couldn't be more excited. Is, like, it, quite, uh, is it quite tricky to, like, choose some of the songs? It's when you, super you've, tricky. You've dripped down, you know, because you've dripped a few releases sure. and things and Leapy and to then it's, suddenly get it, try to get it all together in a full it, album that the label want that you want. Your first look, you know, it's, um, it's you telling your story and introducing yourself to the world. And so that's a, it, when you think about it that way, it's a pretty pe- pressure-packed situation because, right, like, you only get one first look. And um, I try not to overthink it. Um, uh, everything that's going to be on there is super. I'm super proud of uh, the few songs that I've put out already. Um, have connected with people in such a way that I could have never imagined. Um, that I'm really excited to get the rest of this body work out. I'm about to. My single "Mind on You" is about to chart top 50 in the U.S. Nice. for the first time next week. Um, it was the most added song at country radio in America, and we're just on this rocket ship right now. Where um, every day some life-changing news is coming down the pipeline, and so um, it's it's been it's been a pinch me kind of year. It's something I've dreamed about my whole life, but you know. Do you tell anybody I'm dreaming about being a country music star? They'll say good luck, right? Like, it's like they don't really believe you, and and I don't know if I really believed it myself. And then to see it like coming true, um, it's it's just so surreal. And it's so, like not yeah. only am I getting the top fifty, I'm also yeah. I'm finding out about it when I'm in England. Exactly, and exactly. It doesn't quite how you very picture these things. It's unbelievable. So um, I'm feeling super blessed. Uh, I'm having the time of my life out here, and everybody's been so welcoming and friendly, and. Uh, can't wait to, to go home, tell my band, and tell them they're all coming next year. <laughs> yeah. So you think you're already kind of looking to a next visit? I think so. I think that this was the foundation. This was the, the platform that I can grow off of. And I think that next year uh, I want to do it bigger and better and continue to um, feed the listeners out here so that they feel like they're a part of my story and, and they're a part of breaking me out here, which is amazing. Thing, yeah, now you've introduced yourself. It's, yeah. you, know, you know you've got the base here. You know you've got a starting point. Obviously, you know, you've come in on our biggest weekend of the year yeah as well there's no there's no real bigger weekend and no bigger opportunity than say with the free sets kind of thing it's insane to really introduce yourself and you'll find obviously I think you've got the indigo tomorrow don't yeah. you so the indigo tomorrow again it's going to be an even bigger like that place can be packed out i can't like, wait. i cannot wait people would play that as a show on their own you know yeah, just the standard show and you get to kind of do it just as part of a festival it's, so uh, it's mind-boggling so i don't know i uh I have been genuinely um, just flat out surprised by this, and um, you know, and the, today's just the first day, so we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> so is this your first time ever in England as well? Uh, funny story. About ten years ago, um, I was playing a bar in Austin, Texas, as a bar band. You know, we had a little bit of momentum, but I, I had no record deal. I had nothing going on. Right? It was just for fun. And um, there were two girls on holiday um, for a bachelorette party. And one of the girls was getting married, and she's like, "You have to come play my wedding." <laughs> and I was—I thought she was joking. And she ended up flying our whole band over uh, to London. I didn't spend any time in the city. They had like a countryside estate, like outside of Kent, and it was the most insane week of my life. We were like—it was like horses and orchards and pools and like it, the most absurd thing you could ever imagine. Like one of the best weeks of my entire life. And so. Um, the UK has not disappointed me ever. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but that this is my is... first time in the city and making fans out of here. Yeah, yeah. That's one way to, that's one way yeah. to go. So yeah, my first time. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs>
definitely, uh, you know, so hopefully, you know, second time. Exactly. So now we can look, who knows what the third time's going to bring, I can only eh? imagine, yeah. Third time, you know, full band, third time, yeah. bring the pyros. Exactly, the pyro and the smoke will go hit the arena next Let's time. go for it. Yeah. So thank you to George for joining us. It was kind of, yeah, cool, cool to sit down and chat and, yeah, catch him and sort of almost straight after he came on stage. He'd literally been on stage, I think, about 20 minutes before that so he had just come off the wayside so yeah it's brilliant that was the thing like the, the amount because like this was a thing that so people playing so many sets a lot of the artists really like that and things you know it's things we've sort of picked up we've been chatting to people that you know the ability to be playing you know three four five in some cases sets across the weekend whereas normally they do a festival in the states and it's just sort of like you know one in the middle of the day and dumb and it's luck of the day like some of the artists were kind of saying that yeah you could play one festival you might get an 11 a.m slot the next festival you might get a 5 p.m slot and well like george was saying obviously he's at that point where you're opening for an artist but at the same time your own headline show isn't going to get that many people so yeah to kind of get to do this and yeah see lots of different faces lots of the same faces as well which is quite cool and i think every artist i spoke with it seems to be the common question was about this playing free sets and so many of them commented how they saw the same people which I think they couldn't quite believe that none of them could quite believe it. And they're like, yeah, I looked down and seeing the same people, something, oh, I quickly need to bring in a different song. And at the same time, they could trial and error a few songs. If a song didn't pick up with the first crowd, that one got scrapped off the playlist for the next set and they could try something different, which I think, again, it's such a great thing for these up and coming national artists and these, maybe even the bigger names who are making their first appearance here. It's just yeah, such a, insight for them to the crowd and to ultimately yeah make their footprint and every single artist is wanting to come back i think that's the biggest thing from it as well yeah i i i just think like i felt the vibe this year overall was just really different it was really positive and it was great i know when the lineup initially first got announced there were some people going, oh, it's the same people over again. We've seen them all before. Why haven't we got this person? Why haven't we got that person? Why haven't you, you know, got so-and-so? Why, you know, and it, in the end, I, I think it ended up being, definitely from my perspective, the best C2C that I can think of, to be honest. Just I thought everyone that played during the daytimes were great. I thought that after parties and things were great. I think kind of just the whole atmosphere around the fans and kind of the way that artists were, was great i think everyone involved in the festival great wonderful and i think that when you looked through this you know friday i say the round worked amazing i'd have loved to have seen all three of those alana kaylee and um tyler especially um playing their own sets and things i say tyler is really really wants to be coming back with the band kaylee second time lucky getting to play c to c and alana first time over Definitely don't think it'll be the last time for any of those guys at all. Uh, Lainey absolutely killed it, as she always does. Uh, Jordan Davis, uh, just ultimate pro, kind of as he is, and great things. And then a lot of people coming in for TR on the Friday. And then, you know, Sunday Sunday for me just absolutely slapped. It was killer. Um, Lindsay was great, as she kind of always is. Um, I, th I think she's wonderful, and she's deserved the opportunity to play that big stage for the first time, someone that's been touring here for 10 years. Um, Mitchell, I missed a lot of Mitchell's set. We'll come on to why at the end of this, uh, with kind of another sort of 
special guest, sir, um, with that. But he had the crowd really sort of going with what was there when I managed to get back in. And it was great to have him over for the first time. Old Crow, I think, is going to be everyone's highlight of the weekend. It genuinely is in that arena. A lot of people like oh, Old Crow Medicine Show, what do we kind of expect? Old Crow put on a show, 100%. I'm not talking like Beyonce or like Pink or a show like that, like that. It is a genuine Vegas style show is the only way to describe it. Yes, there's a lot of things in there that are massively rehearsed, the way they talk in between the songs. They did this whole thing about trying to do like a dance competition and the prizes they'd have on offer was a month's supply of Greg sausage rolls or four cases of warm Carling lager. So they kind of really got the whole sort of thing with the British humour. They obviously did Wagon Wheel, which everyone had. It was the biggest thing along a wagon wheel sort of ever. Um, and that they, they closed their set with a cover of Beastie Boys, Fight for Your Right to Party. Uh, and it's, I say, it's one of the most incredible things about it. And the, the way I described it, I think, like, as I put in my review, it's, it's like watching the Harlem Globetrotters with music in the way that they are so good in terms of the skill set of what they're doing, but it's so hilarious and entertaining and how much fun and what they do kind of in between songs with this whole sort of performance element that it it just kind of, you know, it works. And I think that anyone that didn't know what to expect from Old Crow, um, I think they had their eyes opened and I think it's like, wow, it's like, this is one of the most amazing things that you'll see. And probably the sort of performance that you wouldn't really want to follow because of how good it was. But there was but a band that did follow it. There was a band that did follow A band that um, I was very, very fortunate to, why I mentioned that I missed a lot of Mitchell's set. Um, during... After Lindsay's set, we were invited along to a special kind of roundtable event with um, eight gentlemen and a lady uh, where we had to go out of the arena, do our stuff, and then come back, be escorted back in. Um, and it was one of the coolest things I think I've ever kind of been a part of. So we walked into this room and there was there was five of us doing, well, seven of us that were doing things, five of us asking questions and some of the guys from Hollow were doing some kind of digital-based stuff kind of around as well. Then the guys from Countryline, the guys from Smooth were doing things after. But um, I had the opportunity to speak with all nine members of the Zac Brown Band and the way it sort of works is i say there was a couple of us that got to ask a question we all got to ask a question each and so this was my i suppose five minutes of fame and chatting to mr zachary brown hey i'm jamie from country in the uk um what you said to james's question about that when people come and see you they will see a very different show from one time to the next and it's definitely something that UK fans will notice because you first came in 2011 and there were six of you and then there were seven of you, there was eight of you 
and now this lady that's just snuck in um, has made you kind of a nine-piece band and stuff. Um, so I just kind of wanted to ask, I spoke to Caroline the other week, but like about what she felt about joining the band, but for all of you, what, what does Miss Caroline Jones bring to Zach Brown Band's that um, something that was a really good fit to enhance your sound and what you do? Caroline is a force of nature, you know, her dedication to her instruments, to her songs, to her things like that. I was, you know, friends and family with her before she joined the band, but it was always inspiring to see that level of hustle from her. And so for us, when we're in the studio creating an album and writing and creating, you know, for the comeback, you know, I had more time to create because of the pandemic. I had time at home to sit and write four guitar parts that all work together that make the song. Yeah. So I needed another great acoustic player. Um, Clay sings all the really high harmony for us and to keep him from blowing out his over <laughs> singing higher than is comfortable for him, Caroline can hit those notes effortlessly. Caroline has octaves above us and what she's capable of doing. So to serve the harmony in the band, to serve the, the her being such a great inter- instrumentalist, Yep. And so when we create these albums, we want to be able to, to recreate what we did on the album live. So we need we needed her skill on the on our instruments to be able to pick up those other parts as we're playing everything. So when you see it live, you're getting the same experience, yeah. you know. And it's not just some guy walking out with tracks playing behind him, which is happening a lot these days. You know, it's in a lot of the concerts that I go to. Um, but to kind of from a purist standpoint for us to be able to pull off the music that we record we need everyone in the band and caroline's family too she's she's the closest thing to a living care bear i've ever met um, <laughs> like she, is, she is a very pure being like very very pure so it was after she'd been you know opening for us and sitting in and hanging out or whatever it was just like natural of like, hey, I think you should come, you know, do this. And, and we support her solo career as well, you know, like there's a time when it makes more sense for her to, to not be with us and be doing her thing, and we'll have to, you know, wish her well and, and support her in all of whatever she's doing. But I think, you know, for, for us, it's necessary to, 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 to recreate what we're doing and, um, and just good vibes too. I couldn't imagine being in a band where everyone hated each other, or you hated one person, or you, you know, you watch documentaries about the Eagles or things yeah. like that, and it's like, how do they do that? Like, I can't be around bad vibes. It's got to be good vibes. Everybody taking it seriously. Everybody picking up each other's slack. Sometimes, if a guitar tech kind of messes up and and there's the song starts off one half step off from where it is, the band can adapt to that on the fly. Yeah. They know it's off, they're gonna adapt and they'll play in a completely different form. But the secret to anything, if you're gonna have a band or a business or anything, is be the worst person in the band. So the reason that we're <laughs> successful is because of the talent that is surrounding, you know, me. And and everyone lifts that up. And so Caroline is an elevation, as we've done over the years, of pieces and, and you have to have people that are it's not about their playing, it's not about ego, it's not about trying to do what just feels fun to them. It's about serving the song. And so everyone in the band gets that and, and does it. Definitely not jealous. Like I said, the, the thing about what was really, really cool is when they first sort of walked in, so because there's all these, there was four seats, like seats, and then they had like the high stalls and things behind. 
so when they all first sort of walk in it's like it's like wh who sits where who kind of sits where and then so zach obviously ended up kind of sitting in the middle at the front where you kind of hear from pretty much most of the talk is from zach um but when um john driscoll hopkins walked in um who is the main voice you heard when describing about fragrance being the main thing that caroline brings to the band um hop tried to be massively rock and roll because there was a table in front of him and he tried to like flip the table up but because it's a very dodgy sort of british table like the legs on one end just fell out as it did and he sort of looked at it and he's like he's like dang that didn't go as i thought it was going to um so yeah it was really really cool and then obviously after that they went on stage a bit later and did a massive hit set like you know litzy just played all the bangers all the way through Lindsay came and joined them as well at one song kind of a, you know towards the end her and caroline kind of doing her playing guitar caroline on lead with that song um so it was you know it was really really cool and that, that whole night i say i think for me just with with Lindsay mitchell old crow and and zach and the guys i i think the most memorable c2c night to sort of top off like you know a real memorable festival and i know this some people go oh it's like you know you you just want to kind of sound like the whole thing was great but i i, I really just felt the vibe was so good this year it's going to take some beating for year 11 so yeah that feels, like, that feels like back in school when you sort of say it's like year 11 that's but, like, so, yeah. about six a levels <laughs> <laughs> obviously pre-sale tickets for next year are on sale basically by the time this Tomorrow, goes out yeah by the time this goes out yes yeah, so, so, will be on sale that's mad to say and fair, fair play if after you know fair play to be able to plan a year ahead is all i can say to people who pre-order it but that's yeah, that's, it that's really cool though because i think obviously a lot of people we've sort of said that tweet c2c is kind of their big sort of annual and it is the holiday and you know you know we've sort of said that across with all those stages you know people sort of playing you know you there was people i really wanted to see just in terms of because there was so much talent across those daytime stages which is so great the fact that i i didn't get to catch willie jones and willie jones is my you know for both of us he's our guy and things you know i didn't get to catch alexandra k which so many people were talking about randall king as well you know just a name that so many people were talking about but if you did manage to miss randall king um he's coming to tour later this year he is i i love a couple of dates around his tour so he's obviously just played C to C. Yesterday, he played the Grand Old Opry. In August, so his last American date in August, he's playing um, Red Rocks Amphitheatre oh, in Colorado. Nice. His next date after playing Red Rocks Amphitheatre will be a month later on September the 11th at Oren Moore in Glasgow. Before okay. also playing Deaf Institute in Manchester. Bush Hall in London on the 13th, and then he heads to Cologne, Hamburg, Berlin, and Munich. So, yeah, if you saw him or if you missed him, like we did, obviously, again, tickets for that one are on sale and are probably going to go quite quickly, I think. Yeah. So somebody else I did see that's announced um, another date. Um, we mentioned about 49 Winchester in the last podcast are going to be opening for Luke Combs. They've also got their own solo show at Lafayette. Um in up at king's cross which i'd be very surprised if that is not selling out very quickly because they like i said i picked them as my top pick for who you should check out for the festival they absolutely killed it 
Um, I saw them twice, got to speak to three of the guys and things as well. Um, I, I just think their whole live energy is just unreal. And so they've got a show at Lafayette. If you kind of just miss them, they were going to be a part of Luke Combs' massive, massive tour as well. So I think 49 Win were one of the, the huge bands. I think, you know, people that a lot of people were talking about and I thought were amazing. Um, Tiger Lily Gold as well. I thought but I caught both of their sets. Um, you know, really big fan of what kind of they do and their whole sort of live energy and the fact that Shoots Kilo is kind of doing great things, you know, making sort of imprints at country radio and also the success over here already to allow them to come over and play the festival, which is one of the things that the girls said, which you'll kind of hear in the, in the interview when I got to speak to them. Um, then as well, who else did I catch up with? I saw Hannah Ellis twice. I love what I love her voice. I love kind of her you know, personality and the way she kind of is on stage. And, you know, that was great. Katie Offerman was my big discovery, I think, musically, an artist that doesn't have a huge amount out on Spotify or on kind of DSPs, um, is going to be a huge star. she um been doing a lot of work with Parker McCollum um, as kind of someone that sort of, you sort of know, she's got her deal with Universal, really sort of cool story of being homeschooled in a ranch in Texas, going to Barclay College after playing the polka band around Texas, trying to move to LA to kind of work in kind of TV and kind of acting and things, then finding a way back to Nashville and getting this deal with Universal. Um, just her, her personality and the way she tells stories is just so fresh and so cool. And, you know, she's got some really great songs in that locker. So I'm really looking forward to hearing a lot more from her. And then, yeah, just some of, you know, been able to kind of see some friends and things as well. That I think that's always important, you know, been able to catch a little bit of Jade, um, Helliwell, Jess and the Bandits, Two Ways Home, our buddies who were on the last podcast, um, Alyssa, which was really great. Alyssa was playing to really big crowds kind of whenever she sort of seemed to be on. Uh, also played the Bluebird with Katie and Drake Milligan, who you get got to speak to. Um, Mini Elvis. Who is a, a man that I think possibly made a lot of other men question their sexuality after seeing him on stage because he is a very, very tall and very, very good looking man. Right um, Right. with incredible hair um but yeah so i say so you know it was great to kind of see those sort of crowds for Alyssa and things as well and yeah it's just it the vibe just felt good inside the arena outside the arena yeah inside the arena on sunday night i really regretted seeing how much money i spent on alcohol um when i was massively corrupted but i was very sensible i had nothing to drink before zach and then kind of which was sort of done like seven o'clock by the time we sort of came in and then by the time i got back to london bridge at half past one in the morning i realized i'd, I'd spent a lot more money than i wanted to but hey you know you only live once it's you know life's about having good times with good friends and stuff and i think that's the real thing about c2c that to the extent about it in a way the music becomes secondary for a lot of people when they it's sort of event, yeah it's an event and i think it is about the whole community aspect and things and it I say that the music for me this year, it just felt like everyone was like on top drawer and things. You sort of saw, you know, there was things like Kezia was introducing people off the main stage, which was really good. She was introducing the spotlight stage on Sunday. Um, 
amazing obviously she played in the go no one could get into in the go because whenever she plays any venue and stuff anymore <laughs> no one can fucking get in anyway so literally just like just put on a bloody big stage um because you know that's probably the only room big enough for it enough people can see her when it comes to cc and festivals um and so yeah it say it it just felt so good and I think that the whole safety element of how hard they worked in terms of that, in terms of a lot of the changes, how they were subtle, you know, moving, moving the stages around, putting things in different places, having having bars next to stages as well. I don't know if you saw that at the wayside, that there was kind of a little bar at the side. Oh, and things that. Was it in the back? No. So as you face oh, the stage to the left, oh, it goes okay, bar so kind of oh. set into there and things. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Um, I say that the whole wristband thing, I love it. It's amazing. That worked great. And like I say, I, I thought that, you know, security and kind of everything were really, really helpful. The whole team at C2C, the people we deal with at kind of C2C, obviously we deal with publicists and we kind of, we're dealing with more like label people and things this year, like especially on the Saturday with the Sony guys um, and kind of, you know, Cara and Johnny and kind of it all those sort of people as well you know did a fantastic job um and everything just everything just worked like you know i don't i say i'm you, sure they're all breathing a big sigh of relief as well now the yeah. weekend's done as well because there's obviously a lot of pressure on those guys yeah to get the weekend and to make it you know as successful as it can be so i think yeah i hope they all had I think, I think, one, on I think one of the things I've sort of got from people, I think as well, that like the way so many people are, are, are talking about how it was one of the best events was things is I just think it exceeded everyone's expectations. I think people had had an expectation of what it had been before. And this year it just kind of went past them and things. And let's say, apart from chairs in the saloon, in Orbar One, and the fact that it was cold, which they can't do nothing about, um, I really can't fault anything. No, I think it's so we can look forward to 2024. There's obviously one change across the C2C family yeah. because the Dublin event is going to be making the move north to Belfast. So that one is happening. So it's still Glasgow, London, Belfast. There is yet to be. Any news, obviously, about on the continent as to whether they will have events returning next year is obviously they've not happened since 2020. They were scheduled for this year, but were cancelled. So, yeah, we wait to see. Hopefully, Berlin is back because I had a great weekend out in Berlin in 2020. So, yeah, hopefully that one does find its way back onto the calendar because that would be really cool if it does. And I'm sure we'll be on a plane to that one. Yeah, you could, you, you could well be kind of heading out and things. And, you know, it's... You know, CC just sort of it's the start to the year and things as well. It's not just this. You kind of we spend so long getting gearing up to C2C and kind of everything. And the next one, you know, it's like, oh, we're heading up to the farm for Buckle. And then we're kind of gearing towards Black Deer and kind of then towards Long Road and things. And then, you know, the next thing we sort of know it'll be country music week and it'll be Americana week again. But and then CC will come round so quick. So there is kind of, you know, so much in the way that things sort of cycle i know a lot of people head over to nashville for cma as well in june enjoy frying in that heat but i'm sure you'll have the best of times uh, and things there obviously with a lot of things in in tennessee at the minute it's there's 
there's things that are possibly not quite right that are gonna kind of going through like with stuff there and i know there's um there's an event on monday at the bridgestone that's trying to do a lot of good work to you know promote awareness and try and change the minds of those politicians um with an event called love rising that's featuring um Cheryl Crow and Marin Morris, Alison Russell, Jason Isbell, Amanda Shires, Brittany Howard from um, Alabama Shakes, Hayley Williams, Hozier, um, and a ton of other artists obviously kind of try and do something about what they're trying to do, to, you know, towards those marginalized communities um, in Nashville. But C2C, it's, it's dumb. It's done. It's, Next up for us, I think it's Blackberry Smoke on April the first. I am I am going to Blackberry Smoke on April. I've actually no, I've actually got something before that. Oh, have you? Oh, that's the next one I've seen in my calendar. I'm going to see uh, Dave House on Friday. Uh, uh, not Friday. Next Friday, a mirror, and okay. then uh, Morgan Waves middle of April. Um, there must be a song suffragettes in April. There will. Oh. Big big shout out. Obviously, that's one thing. I didn't actually manage to get down to it. They did a roundup with. I didn't mean to sort of end before ending, but yeah, they. Um, I spoke to Phoebe quite a bit, kind of over the weekend. We went to this um, Stone Cold Country screening. I was going to do my best to get down on Sunday morning for their round with Hayley Mae Campbell, Alyssa, and Paris Adams. Um, I took my detour up to St Pancras to buy Lindsay Els macarons, so didn't manage to get there in time, which I was really grateful because Todd. Uh, Cassidy was over for it as well, but um, really great success kind of with that. And yeah, really looking forward to that next event and things coming. But yeah, we're done for a year. We're done C2C until this time next year. And now we just go through the, the mammoth mission of trying to get all these pieces turned around for you. So we'll see. Yeah, we must still have about 10 interviews i think to go online well i think we've got well over that some really yeah. cool There's ones loads to come obviously plenty to look forward to podcast end this is country in the uk your country music podcast four thousand miles from nashville